You're listening to The Beauty Brain Show, where real scientists answer your beauty questions. And now, here's Randy and Perry. Hello, everybody. I'm Randy Schuler, And I'm Perry Romanowski. And we're here to welcome you to episode, like, at 148, I think, uh, I, of this I show. I think it's uh, 147, I think. Yeah. Well, you know, if uh, if you don't count the reruns we've been oh. playing while we were on summer break, I think it's like episode 142, but who's counting? Hey, that was quite a vacation that we had. Well, I right? don't want to, I don't, I, I, like, we could spend the whole show just recapping that, and I don't really want to get into the details, and I don't want to talk about where we went, really, but it was it was in the south, and it was warm, and there was a beach. All I know is I'm still trying to get sand out of places that I don't <laughs> want to talk about. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, enough enough of our personal lives. Why don't we uh, kick off the show with our beauty science news? Oh, sure. Uh, well, I can uh, start with my first story. Oh, sure. Um, you know, since this is sort of a, uh, a southern theme, I have a weird... <laughs> beauty trend story coming out of Latin America. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm not saying we went to Latin America. <laughs> it's just south, right? Yeah, just south. <laughs> gotcha. Southernish, but okay, go ahead. So it turns out that women are getting scorpion manicures. <laughs> no, no, they're not. No, no, the, not that their scorpions are giving them manicures. That What happens is they're getting manicures and they glue tiny scorpions onto the nails. <laughs> So you mean like like freeze dried scorpions or well what? they're I, dead you know according to the story published in the Daily Mail it started out as a joke by one beauty parlor uh, in Mexico and it just kind of caught on from there they they were having a scorpion theme day at the salon and had this crazy <laughs> idea to glue dead baby scorpions to people's nails. <laughs> we're- <laughs> Weren't you in a band called Dead Baby Scorpions? <laughs> no, but I will be. <laughs> well, it turns out they posted a video on their Facebook fa- page, and it went viral. As, of as course. It did. And then this led to people all across North America to come visit this salon to get uh, their manicure with dead baby scorpions attached to their nails. <laughs> now, just in case you weren't, before they apply them, they kill the tiny insects uh, with bug spray. Uh but the things still have their, they still have stingers and venom in there. They're just, they're just dead. So no scorpions are harmed in the making of these <laughs> nail polishes? No, no the, the scorpions are harmed. <laughs> now it's, PETA, PETA, news to PETA. Well, you know, incidentally, I, I did search uh, for comments from PETA, and there was nothing. They had nothing about these poor scorpions. It, it turns oh. out no one is looking out for the ethical treatment of scorpions. <laughs> well... So, we are now, I guess. Well, in case you were wondering, it's it's highly unlikely you're going to get the venom into your bloodstream when it's put on the top of your nails. So uh, there's actually, I, I did track down the video. I actually did a little work for the show. <laughs> there's, a, there's a first. So I tracked down the video, and we'll have the a link in the show notes, but you can see exactly how they put the little tiny scorpions on the nail, and then they uh, glue over the top of it and polish it. And what if you bite your nails? <laughs> That's a problem. Don't bite it near the stinger end. Uh, all right. Very good. Good story. Uh, hey, you know, I'm always on the lookout for stories that intersect two of my greatest passions, right? Beauty science and comic books. <laughs> of course. I remember that first show we did where we talked about 
comic book heroes who were cosmetic chemists, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Or villains or whatever the bit yeah. was. But anyway, uh, well, I just saw that the brand Magic Shave, they've teamed up with Marvel Comics to do this media program around, you know, their shaving lotions or whatever, using the hero Luke Cage. Oh, Luke, sure. He's got a new show coming out on uh, Netflix, right? Yeah, exactly. What, I'm sure that's not a coincidence, but the story is, is called Luke Cage and the Close Shave, you know, because he's uh, he, bald. I mean, bald, I guess he's got a beard. I don't know. But anyway, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool. And, you know, hearing that once again turned my mind to other superhero-themed personal care products. So I have a couple of suggestions. I thought I'd just run by you. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, but as for the shaving thing... Yeah. It, it would seem like Wolverine might be the better. Right? He's, he's kind of really hairy. Right? Yeah, but he doesn't have a Netflix show. Oh, that that is true. <laughs> Follow the money, man. <laughs> All right, now let's hear your other. Uh, okay, here's my, yeah, cosmetic team ups with your uh, characters. Here, here's my three products for superheroes. Number one, a stretch mark cream for Mister Fantastic <laughs> from the Fantastic Four. Right? You, you know, you got to figure he's, he's going to get stretch marks, right? Because he stretches. All right. Yeah. Uh, number two, I don't know, some kind of eye drops for Daredevil. Seems like... <laughs> I, he is blind, I guess, but... <laughs> seems like he would need something. Sure. And then, thirdly, for Jessica Jones, maybe like a bourbon-scented skin lotion. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is really funny if you've been watching her show on Netflix. Boy, she does drink a lot, doesn't she? <laughs> <laughs> So there you go, superheroes and beauty science, you gotta love it. Well, that's excellent. Hopefully Marvel is listening, because the last <laughs> time you had an idea for Marvel, they turned it into the Venom character. <laughs> well, let's not get into that story. Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not allowed to talk about that for a little bit. still, you know, my attorney advises me not to discuss it. All right. Uh, well, should we get into this uh, other one, other story that I had? Um, Please. About, uh, about flossing. Now, <laughs> sure. The question was posed was, is flossing really just a waste of time? What? Now, when I read this story, it reminded me of, you know, you know how I always set goals in January? Well, one of my goals a couple of years ago was to floss every single day. So uh, (laughs) it was going to be my flossing streak. And and I was successful. You know, I really don't like flossing, but I was able to do it every single day in a row a couple of years back. Today's show brought to you by Glide (laughs) Dental Floss. Well, you know, we're going to get into that. Um, you know, I, I guess once you get in a habit, it's it's pretty easy to do. Anyway, the next year, I restarted the goal and was doing fine. And then I heard a, a dentist interviewed on The Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. Hmm. Uh, it's an excellent podcast that I, I listen to. And, and this guy said that there was no scientific basis for the recommendation to floss. So it, it got me curious. <laughs> Well, he, he claimed that there was actually no peer-reviewed research that demonstrated flossing would help prevent gum diseases or cavities. Okay. And so after I heard that, and, you know, I kind of respect the, the information they put on that show, I, I, sure. my interest in flossing kind of waned, and so now I don't floss nearly as regularly. Right. But the thing is, you know, I would tell people this, and, and no one believed me. <laughs> In fact, I had a discussion with my dentist the last time I was there, and, and she said, oh, you know, are you flossing? <laughs> I said, well, you know, I used to floss, and then there's no peer-reviewed research. That <laughs> Always to say, the contrarian. <laughs> well, needless to say, she was not impressed. <laughs> she, Keep your and, voice down. <laughs> well, she told me, she said, well, you know, in dental school, they taught us that flossing was something that everyone should do. Okay. <laughs> and so, well. you know, I didn't get into a big dispute about it. But according to this story, uh, 
by the, uh, the Associated Press, uh, they verified what that skeptical dentist was saying about the hmm. benefits of flossing. There really is no scientific evidence that proves that there's a benefit to flossing. Um, and really, what that really means is that the subject hasn't been studied very well, right? Um, right. There, there are just no groups that find it important enough to do peer-reviewed research. And, you know, you got to do a double-blind study, and people right. have to do it right. And the thing, there's no, I, I guess there's really no money in investigating something that everybody assumes is just helpful, right? Hmm, interesting. But, I mean, certainly there's a benefit, like it helps you get, you know, food that's caught between your teeth to come out, right? I mean... Well, I mean, if, if you're brushing, it, it well, apparently... It, I, have you never brushed your teeth and like, oh, I got a piece of no, steak cut no. in my teeth and you floss and it comes right out? You, you are correct. Uh, and it probably helps to reduce bad breath. You know, if you have rotting food in between your teeth, <laughs> that, that would help. Right. That's, yeah, that's nice to hear. <laughs> but, as, but as far as peer-reviewed research goes, there's no evidence that's solid enough to yeah. support that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, uh, P&G, who sells a lot of dental floss... Uh, they pointed, because the AP asked P&G about this, and they pointed to, uh, they had a two-week study that proved that floss would fight plaque. <laughs> but the scientists okay. who reviewed that study, they're like, yeah, that's not, that's not real science. Right, right, not the same level of evidence. Then they contacted J&J, and they declined to comment uh, <laughs> when they were presented with evidence. <laughs> we got nothing. We got nothing. So, so what do you make of all this? I, you know, I don't know. It's important to take care of your teeth as, as, as from a beauty standpoint and from a health standpoint is one of the most important things you can do, right? And really the easiest. Uh, but And I don't know if that just means, hey, don't floss anymore. I mean, I'm not as religious Look, about it anymore, but... I, for one, am sick of your inflammatory anti-flossing rhetoric. <laughs> well, that's because you're a shill for big dental. <laughs> <laughs> big floss. <laughs> big floss. Hey, this just goes to show you, though, though just because um, experts are recommending something, that doesn't mean that that advice has been scientifically vetted. So, you know, even be skeptical of the real experts. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, here's another story, uh, kind of in that same vein, I guess, but it's the idea that uh, something we've taken as true from conventional wisdom isn't necessarily always quite accurate. So here, here's the example from a recent story. Um, it, it's about why swimming pools make your eyes red and irritated. So opening them up underwater and the chlorine. Well, or just whatever, just the right. exposure in general, whether you're you know underwater or not. But you know, um, I actually in those interviews with Ryan Lotke, I saw his eyes were really red. <laughs> but I don't know if that was because of him crying because of losing his sponsorships. <laughs> well, it's funny you should mention that because you know, for those of you listening to the show in the summer of 2016, swimming pools have been in the news a lot lately because of the Olympics. Uh, I, I'm not saying we went to the Olympics for vacation. <laughs> of course but, not. But anyway, so right, everyone knows that the chlorine compounds used to sanitize swimming pools are irritating and make your eyes red, right? That's conventional wisdom? Wrong. Oh. No. So I just read this article that explains that the chlorine itself does not cause the problem. But chlorine reacts with nitrogen and forms a compound called chloramine. Okay. And that is irritating. Chlor now, yeah, chloramine can make your eyes, you know, sting and look bloodshot. It can even tear, uh, irritate your lungs and make you cough. You know, it's it's that smell and that pool smell that's in the air. Now, 
how do you think the nitrogen gets in the pool to react with the chlorine and form chloramine? Well, wouldn't it just come from the 70% nitrogen in the atmosphere, so at the surface? I suppose some percent could, but most, according to this study, comes from poo, pee, and sweat. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> so... So a, chlor- a clean chlorinated pool will not irritate your eyes at all. Only ones full of dirty diapers or whatever oh. will really cause the problem. Oh so, my. <laughs> so there you go. So, something else for you to discuss with your dentist. <laughs> a good reason to stay away from the public pools, I guess. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Uh, all right. Well, uh, good thing the summer is coming to the end and <laughs> I won't be using those pools <laughs> anymore. I have to go swimming much. All right, well, should we move on to this week's cosmetic questions? Yeah, we do have a few of them. You know, we've had a backlog since our uh, big uh, summer hiatus. And uh, so. <laughs> was it, it was just a staycation, really, more than anything <laughs> else, though. That's what I, I'm going to say. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, here we go. We're going to kick it off today with an audio question from one of our listeners named Joe. Hello, my name is Joe, and I'm from southwestern Oklahoma. You probably know about Charlotte Tilbury, a pretty famous makeup artist, and recently began promoting her products in the United States. Well, I've been using her Miracle Cream for a few months, and I really love it. But now I'm heartbroken to think that first, I spent way too much money, and secondly, that it might not have that big of benefits anyway. Could you please tell me if there's anything special about it? And if not, could you tell me what a more budget-friendly alternative might be? Thank you very much. Well, thanks for that question, Joe. It sounds like you're really torn about using this product, so let's see if we here at the Beauty Brains can help. Yeah, but before we get to that, though, don't if you go to look for this product, it's it's kind of it was confusing to me because there's this uh, you know Charlotte Tilbury multi miracle glow, right, right, and then she also sells a magic cream. So oh. apparently Charlotte went to the Harry Potter school of cosmetic <laughs> marketing. It's like, uh, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Sin, uh, Skin Cream. That was the second book, I think. <laughs> yes. Wait, I think so. wait, wait. I got I got one more. That, by the way, that brings to mind another beauty question. If you have a Harry Potter, do you shave it or pluck it? (laughs) I see what you did there. (laughs) Uh, Well, anyway. Let's get back to the question, and we'll begin by taking a look at exactly what the product claims to do. So let's let's go with some of the claims right from their website. Yeah, and you know, that's important because people think it says one thing and it really says something else. You gotta look at the source. But this one is a apparently it's a three-in-one product. She says it's a Deep cleansing face balm with anti-wrinkle benefits, a regenerating mask with an overnight facial finish, and it's, quote, an SOS remedy that you can use on cuticles, elbows, heels, and shins to cheat the body of an angel. Wow. I don't, I don't, even, I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Cheating angels here. <laughs> Cheating the body of angels. Hey, well, it also features ingredients like sea buckthorn seed oil and cranberry seed oil that, quotes are highly effective antioxidant pure oils that moisturize the skin and stimulate microcirculation, unquote. And, of course, microcirculation, that's a drug claim. 
Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Charlotte got a knock on the door from the FDA uh, over that one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, they do actually. Talk- they do actually troll websites for claims like this. Oh, just like this. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, all right, continuing down the information from the website, it also contains extracts of frangipani flour that soothe and help purify dirt and makeup. So, it's wait, it's it's not removing dirt; it's just purifying it. But the dirt's still on your face. Okay. <laughs> Who writes these things? Well, <laughs> then there are the uh, rosehip and camellia oil, which regenerate the skin to delay the signs of aging. Oh wow! Wow. <laughs> we actually did a we did a show on rosehip oil and showed. I mean, it contains some essential oils that can moisturize, but it's sure. I mean, it's not going to you know regenerating the skin. skin. Yeah. Uh, and then last, uh, the website says it contains our old friends, vitamin A, C, and E to you know, smooth wrinkles and bring the skin's complexion back to life, blah, blah, blah. It's an alphabet soup uh, that just goes into pretty much anything, right? <laughs> there, you, there you go. So as you can see, the anti-aging claims, they're pretty standard. You know, lots of products make these claims. Unfortunately, it doesn't really contain any of the best anti-aging ingredients that we found, like retinol or niacinamide. Yeah, it, it does contain a functional version of vitamin C. Um, go back and listen to our show on vitamin C if you want to hear more about that. But it, it has uh, ascorbyl tetraisopalmitate, uh, which does work. Uh, but it appears on the ingredient list below fragrance, which means it's going to be below 1%, which For is sure. you, need, you need, you know, 3, 4, 5, 10% of that stuff to really right. give you anti-aging benefits. So it's probably not going to be very effective. Maybe the most interesting aspect of the product is that uh, it can be used as a cleanser as well as a moisturizer. And that's because, you know, unlike most products, it's based on the caprylic and capric triglycerides, which are coconut oil-derived materials that can have both that moisturizing and that cleansing effect. Yeah, but as we've discussed before, there's always trade-offs when you combine functionality like this, right? If you're doing a two-in-one or a three-in-one product... You're always balancing how well is it going to cleanse versus how well is it going to moisturize. So it's it's probably not going to be the best at either. Uh, in fact, we've never found a product like a, a cleanser and a moisturizer. We've never found one that a combined product is better than the two individual products. Exactly. So then that brings you back to the question of product value. Like how much money do you want to spend on a product that's giving you a compromise? You know, convenience is worth something. Right. But do you want to spend a lot of money on something that works that way? Well, Joe is right about the product being expensive, at least from my eyes. It costs $100 for 100 mils, which is a lot, especially when you consider uh, Charlotte's telling you to use it on your eyebrows, shins, and et cetera, you know. Uh, I think she said elbows. I don't think there was any mention of eyebrows. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know where you got that. Do you even read the script? I did read the script. (laughs) Yeah, so... Yeah, you'd use up 100 mils pretty quickly if you're rubbing it all over your body. Yeah, for sure. Gee, I wonder why Charlotte's recommending that. Uh, so, okay, so the, the product doesn't really have any special anti-aging benefits based on an ingredient review. And, you know, it makes some compromises between being a great cleanser and a great moisturizer. And it's really expensive. So, I'm sorry, Joe, but this doesn't really sound like the best way to spend your money. Yeah, you know, like we always tell people... If you really love a product and you can afford it, uh, then go ahead and buy it. But yeah, sure. Yeah. Don't buy it because you think uh, the company is telling you it's it's working and it's actually going to work that way. I mean, there are a lot yeah. of similar products uh, that can give you about the same effect or probably the same effect or more, and that costs a lot less money. So you, you can save money by finding something else. Yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, she asked what some good substitutes would be. And, and to be perfectly honest, I was just too lazy to go really find good dupes. <laughs> well, you know, it's hard coming off of that summer hiatus. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I found a couple things that were kind of in the ballpark. And the key here is this isn't like a conventional cleanser because it's not built around, you know, high-fuming surfactants. Right. And it's not like a traditional moisturizer because it's not built with a lot of oils and fatty alcohols and emulsifiers. So it's a really bit of neither. It's the secret is this capric caprylic triglyceride. Um, which is a, ma- a main ingredient in the product. So right. I looked for other, other products that had you know, similar ingredient lists. So I'll put the link in the show notes. But what I found is the Credentials Collagen Elastin 14-in-1 Cream. Uh, and that thing only cost $14 for two ounces. Wow, that's a much better deal, right? Uh, yeah. Another that I searched high and low for was the Hyaluronic Acid Beauty Cream, <laughs> which costs about $24 for two ounces. Now... We're not saying that these are identical to Charlotte's yeah. product, but you know they may have a similar feel and they cost a lot less money. So you might as well try these first yeah. if, if money is a concern. There you go. So Joe, if you, if you check those out, write back in uh, and let us know what you think. All right, we'll move on to another question here. Uh, this one comes to us from Broken Sticker. Uh, Broken Sticker says, I bought the 